Please welcome the Minister, the Honourable Carmel Cipolloni. Kia ora koutou. Why I'm really thrilled today to announce the launch of the $50 million Premium Productions for International Audiences Fund. The fund's purpose allows us to capitalise on New Zealand's current production advantage and take a step change towards bolder, bigger and more ambitious projects. While supporting the sector to recover from COVID-19, the fund is also a unique opportunity for high-quality productions to tell New Zealand's stories to global audiences. It is designed to showcase New Zealand's stories and culture at a scale potentially not previously possible. Through this fund, we hope to see economic growth through international investment, increased employment, and with my other hat on as the Minister for Employment, that is a priority, increased employment for New Zealanders, a benefit to our culture, and that we will be telling New Zealand stories at a greater scale than before. Uh, greater skills and capacity, our capability and our people, uh, productions ready to go, supported um, first in response to COVID-19. What we recognise is that consultation with the sector on the criteria and design for this fund is crucial uh, and, and has occurred and has allowed you to suggest changes to its initial design. And I believe really the purposes and objectives are now stronger, as will be the results. Annabelle and Cameron will be presenting a Q&A session on the fund in a moment. I do apologise. I'm not trying to sneak away from the question-answer session. I genuinely have somewhere else that I need to be. But they will go into more detail and will be able to answer any questions that you may have. In fact, I saw Annabelle backstage getting briefed. I thought the person was her political advisor when they were um, advising her on the answers to the questions. So she should be well prepared for this. Um, I'd like to finish by acknowledging the New Zealand Film Commission and New Zealand On Air uh, for your phenomenal efforts uh, through the pandemic and for awarding COVID-19 related funding through the Screen Production Recovery Fund to support our screen sector. I'm incredibly excited to see the work that comes out of the Premium Production Fund, to see great screen storytelling, a film and television of excellence and ambition telling uniquely New Zealand stories for ourselves and for the world. And I really do wish you all an enjoyable symposium and a very safe and happy festive season. Noreira tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Well, kia ora to Minister Cipolloni and to the New Zealand Government for your ongoing support of Aotearoa's screen industry. And thank you to Annabelle, Cam and Larry for joining me in this panel to discuss the $50 million fund in more detail. It's otherwise known as PPF, which I understand is what it's going to be called for short and how I'll reference it so you know what I'm talking about. Um, I also think we're expecting to um, access Slido for the questions and answers this morning from the audience, but actually that's not going to be available to us because we haven't got that much time. So I'm hoping that a lot of my questions may cover off some of the questions that you may have. I've certainly come at it from a producer's perspective, so I hope that's helpful to some of you. But I also know that Larry and Cam and Annabelle will be here throughout the day, so if you have any other questions, you may be able to ask them directly over the day. 
So 2020, the year of COVID, has made it an incredibly challenging year for us all, and we are very grateful to have access to the PPF over the next two years. It's incredibly exciting that Minister Cipollone was able to announce that this morning, because it's a very joyous occasion for all of us after this horrendous year. So, Cam, um, when we say Premier Fund, what does Premier really mean? Are you looking for a certain standard of project, a budget level, or an international attachments, cast and or finance? What makes a project qualify as Premier? Uh, kia tato, everyone. Um, before I answer that, Emma, actually, I just wanted to acknowledge Larry and Tamangapahu. So we heard before the Minister sort of thanking Annabelle and myself for um, our involvement in the fund, but I just want to acknowledge that very early on, both um, Annabelle and myself felt that it was really important to bring in um, Larry, Tamangapahu and that voice into this fund. Um, so I'm really grateful that um, Larry has put in the effort and, um, and work that he has, and the fact that he's here, I think, on stage is, is testament to that. So um, anyway, sorry, the question, ambition. Um, I think we'll just be the judge of that. <laughs> um, See, anything goes. Yeah, well, I think, look... <laughs> Obviously, we're going to be putting up guidelines early next week, and Abel can talk about that a little bit later. Um, I think it's just important to say that what, what we're sort of... The expectation from this fund is that it, it should be, for the most part, actually, projects that we might not normally see in our normal funding rounds, right? That's, that's a sort of a starting point. The idea is that this is a step up and a step on. Um, what that means... Um, I think is actually going to be as much up to producers as anything, frankly. If you have a huge amount of foreign investment, well, that's obviously a good sign. If you have, you know, significant writing talent or incredibly international cast, uh, acknowledging that, you know, we're also looking to tell local stories, all of those things would be indicators of ambition, I guess. The way that we've looked at this, and I think the, the industry will see, you know, when you get into the detail of the guidelines and things, is, look, we, we've tried to keep it as open as we can. We actually want to be, to a point, sorry, guys, um, inundated with fantastic ideas. I think that's the idea. Now, that, that may make it more difficult for us mm-hmm. as agencies kind of sifting through that, but better that than have a really, really sort of narrow and low bar and, and make it really difficult for people to kind of understand what we're after. I'm not sure if I've answered the question. So I feel like the message is openness and flexibility. Would that be fair? That's a okay. nice summary. Yeah, that's great. Everyone's heard <coughs> it right here. <laughs> Annabelle, is there a floor for a minimum budget Noting that we must have a minimum of 10% from the marketplace in our finance plan, is there a maximum funding request that is allowed from the PPF? So looking at minimums and maximums. Okay, kia ora tato. Um, I'm going to follow on with the theme and tone of what Cam's just said. A lot of flexibility. We want to open the doors wide and hence um, upon feedback from the sector as well, we haven't set a floor or a cap to what people might come in for. The real thing to consider is the criteria and the way in which we'll be giving preference to certain structures of projects. Some of you have already heard through our webinar, which the three of us did together a few weeks ago, that we've got a set of five criteria against which all projects will will be you know, assessed. So criteria one is contr- contribution to economic growth, two is jobs, three is cultural commitment, four is viability, ability to get up fast, and five is contribution to skills and capability. So everything will be tested against those five. And and what you'll see when the guidelines come up next week is you'll see the subsets of that. That means preference will be given potentially to projects with stronger international market attachment. But we're kind of 
looking at each across all five criteria. So we recognise there may be you might excel in one area and not in another. That's where the assessment panel has to kind of play a part. But in the first instance, the issue of caps and types and what's our definition of, you know, premium, we're leaving it open so that we've got the biggest chance. Only thing I would say is be mindful that both, all three of our agencies have existing programs. So if something comes in that looks like what could always get funding from our other programs, it's not as interesting. But you might all say it's, it's probably difficult to judge that. Um, so we're welcoming, you know, all projects so we can really have a think about uh, how they fit the, the goals of this program. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Larry, if the PPF is available for two years only and you have a lot of applications in the first round that utilise most of the $50 million, what then? Or will you intentionally try and stretch it out over the two years? And if so, what will that look like? Kia ora tato. Uh, how, how come I get the <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that there was talk about doing the 25 plus 25, but I'm wondering when you, if you, you know, what if you get a massive amount of applications and it kind of blows the 25 out of the water? Do you, are you flexible around that, or what, what sort of the? Well, I think if we get a massive number of applications, that will uh, um, at least uh, give us an indication of where the bar is going to be set. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and if you get a lot of applications, then the bar might be higher um, right across the board. So. Um, uh, I, th I think that, by and large, we expect that there will be a, a bit of a, a, a bump in year one, but that there's likely to be, you know, um, we're not going to want to spend it all in year one, even if there are a, a lot of programs coming in, I don't think, uh, projects in year one. So, um, early on, it was 25 million over two years, and I think, again, like all of the other guidelines, we're saying, well, let's not draw a line in the sand on that. Let's see what comes in. And, um, and then we'll have an idea of how, uh, where we're going to set the bar. Okay. So well, the intent would be to spread it out over two years, but you're open and flexible to that depending on what comes in the door. I think that's the answer. Yeah. Okay. I think there's probably a kind of an um, ancillary point here, which may be coming up, but is possibly um, as useful to talk about now as any, which is... Um, the, the development piece. So Larry was really instrumental um, in us getting that sort of aspect of the fund over the line. Um, and I guess speaking to that 25-25, um, obviously we've got an allocation of development which we're hoping to open up and get out as quickly as we can. Um, and again, with that, with that point around ambition, you sort of, you know, I think our view is, hey, make the most of that as well. We want to see new storytellers, new production companies a whole bunch of different people coming through that process. So to a certain extent, we do, we do want to try and give that an opportunity to see production funding as a result of the development. So I think it would be a mistake for us just to kind of throw all the money out in the first round because we want to see new creators and voices come through that development round as well. Absolutely. It would be a, very, a real shame to develop some projects and then not be able to take it any further because yeah. all the money had gone. Completely. Understood. Yeah. And, and I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. The expectation would be, though, that those projects would be... Um, uh, available to be uh, still be available to be funded in the other uh, um, um, mechanism by other mechanisms. Eh? Sure. So. And I was just going to say on the balance of prob probabilities, the way we see projects that come in for New Zealand Film Commission money, which is a very similar kind of structure of interparty deals, uh, in order to meet the, the PPF criteria as well, it'll be similar. 
that the likelihood of a lot of a lot of projects being really ready to go, there'll be some that meet that criteria about viability and speed to market, but there may be others where actually what they need is one more draft, which our development funding can support. So I think in the first year, while I'd be delighted to see, you know, really well-established projects come forward and be ready to go, um, it, it doesn't seem as likely, but as Larry says, we're kind of open to seeing what comes in. Understood. And is, this, is the fund spread sort of evenly between the three agencies or is it like sort of one pot and all three of you kind of... Yeah, I think, that's a, really, I think that's a really good question. So, um, and there's a couple of questions on there that we were going to get to around, you know, what priorities do the different agencies put into these kind of applications? And in truth, obviously, in our day-to-day, -day, we have different priorities in what we're looking for. Um, this is a jointly administered fund. So the three agencies are coming together... So our funding teams will be working as a team, going through the applications as a team, and the, the final determination will be uh, effectively um, members of each of our three boards sitting around a, effectively a board table making that call. So I think we need to see this as almost a, it's a new model. Joint agency. It's a joint agency approach. Now, there's some kind of legal aspects to that. So actually the appropriation, obviously you met the minister today. So that, um, the minister is obviously the minister of the NZFC. So the way that we're going to be working it from a legal point of view is that the NZFC is the, is the legal entity, if you like. So they will be taking the appropriation and doing a, a lot of the heavy lifting around legals and things. Obviously, that's, that's being kind of covered by way of administration. But the decision-making is absolutely three agencies together engaged. Understood. OK, thank you. Um, Annabelle listed before the, um, the key objectives, which is boost economic growth, increase employment, create cultural benefit, respond to COVID-19 and develop skills and capability. Now, these objectives are important as they set the criteria for which projects will be selected. So, um, Cam, does each agency prioritise these objectives differently, like what you were just talking about before, according to the agency's actual mandate, or will it be combined? So I think I've kind of just answered that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, as I say, we would normally... Um, but in this case, we are together assessing the objectives. Now... But would there be even, even any conflict in that? Um, I th look, I think inevitably every project will have a different sort of structure, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is if you hit all of those five objectives and got 10 out of 10, well, fantastic. I'm not sure that that's... Having not really been through the process of seeing any of these applications, I'm not sure if that's even possible. So the, 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 the theory is that there will be a level of trade-off but what we'll be seeking in each case is the very best from those objectives. Understood. Okay. And I, and I imagine that as a part of the, the setting the assessment criteria, we will, for each one of those objectives, have a set of criteria mm -hmm. that um, uh, we'll all agree before, before we start assessing. Okay. Um, Annabelle, I understand that there is no minimum level of Aotearoa New Zealand content set for applications, but... Criteria will give preference to productions with higher levels of New Zealand content. How is the New Zealand content measured? And will you use similar parameters as you do with the cultural test for the screen production grant? Well, in terms of the... Um, the yes, there's no minimum level, but there's an understanding amongst all of us and in terms of even, as you heard, the Minister, that we want to be able to tell New Zealand stories to the rest of the world and to New Zealanders. So we're really going to be looking at that criteria, which is criteria three, and assessing it against um, issues around setting characters, you know, some of the same settings that exist within the screen production grant or exist within the cultural benefits, but we haven't got a set 
tick box for everyone to go through on that criteria. Um, but I think you may be referring more to the overall proportion. Will we be having, you know, 80, 20 in terms of New Zealand content, uh, if, as it were, New Zealand settings versus international stories told by New Zealanders? We once again don't know, but you can you can guarantee that we all have a strong commitment to telling New Zealand stories and we would love it that the New Zealand stories are the ones that attract the strong market and the, and the strong scalability to tell big stories. Um, so it's, it's really going to depend on what we come in for, but our, our, our first priority is to look for those good, strong stories. Yeah, it's, it's good to know that that's the priority and, and, and for us when we're going to be putting in applications. Um, Lara, let's discuss ownership. I understand that New Zealand production companies must own the IP. Is that correct? And is that 100% New Zealand owned? And when we say New Zealand production companies, do we mean New Zealand owned and operated? Yeah, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I, I, again, you know, you're speaking <laughs> of I'm nailing Larry this morning, and that's not intentional. Um, Sorry, Larry. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's quite clear, isn't it, that um, there has to be New Zealand ownership of uh, the, the IP or, or share of the IP. Um, and... Uh, I, I imagine that um, uh, there will be conversations had about that. I mean, in, t in terms of, you'll know that co-productions are also accepted. So co-productions have specific rules around IP sharing, etc. I mean, it'll be very similar to the way in which when you apply for New Zealand Film Commission money, you know, the applicant is a New Zealand resident, it, you know, it, it'll be very similar to the screen production grant rules. And in fact, because some producers will want to pair those things, they'll need to meet the screen production grant rules in order, and the NZFC rules. And if they're putting together a, a multi-deal plus international, you know, they'll have to look at, although we haven't written all that up for you uh, yet, um, you'll be seeing it all in the next... Um, we'll put the guidelines up on Wednesday and everyone will see all of that detail then. So there's a common sense element to it where mm -hmm. you guys are assessing it to a criteria anyway mm -hmm. and, of course, it being, having New Zealand mm -hmm. um, components is really important. Mm -hmm. So that's something that will be um, part of the part of it understood. Um, Cam, if I had a project that was eligible for funding from the usual funding pots from NZFC, New Zealand Air and Tamanga Pahu, could I also apply for the PPF on top of this from each agency? Or so, is it one or the other? No. Um, so, delighted to say that um, this fund also attracts the opportunity to f get funding from SPIC and also from our baseline. So, um, I guess what that does is means, you know, we've got a $50 million fund that can really end up being quite significantly more. Obviously, we're also assuming that there's some foreign money that comes in as well. So, um, yes, you can, you can ask for funds from various pots. Um, obviously, if you want to seek baseline funding from the, the agencies, then your, your prop needs to adhere to whatever kind of conditions and, and, and kind of requirements those baseline funds are normally appropriated um, on. So if I had an amazing project that I felt was suited to all three agencies, in my finance plan, I could have NCDC, New Zealand On Air, TMP, I could have um, the SPIG, and I could have PPF. Correct. And my 10% marketplace minim minimum. Is that correct? Correct. correct. A best case scenario, that's what I could have. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Annabelle. 
For the screen production grant, we have to find a lending facility to cash flow the SPIG. For the PPF, who will cash flow the funds, or will it need to be a lender like it is for SPIG? Yeah, the cash flowing of the screen production grant would be as per usual approaches that people have taken in the past, which are usually lenders. But for the PPF, will that also have to be the yeah. same thing? Okay, got you, sorry. Um, and then when we are working out the recruitment schedule for our project, I understand that the PPF is an equity investment. Is it correct to assume that the PPF is a position in the waterfall and that it sits alongside other agency funding? And if it does have a recruitment position, who do the funds recruit to? Is it the New Zealand government? the agency who assigned it, which I now understand is the group, or the New Zealand producer, like it is in SPIG? Mm -hmm. So um, the governance structure of that waterfall has not been finally determined, mm -hmm. but will be available and understood well by the time people need to know in mm -hmm. terms of when you're speaking to your um, potential finances, financiers. But the one good thing to assume is that it will be very similar to the current New Zealand Film Commission structure of the way in which you apply to the New Zealand Film Commission and the way in which the waterfall usually works there. And the reason why I kind of return to that is that typically of the three agencies, the, the Film Commission has generally financed in the way that the PPF expects to finance, which is through inter-party deals, which are combined SPIG with international marketplace, with lenders, etc., etc. So that's why if you've gone through the New Zealand Film Commission system before, it will be almost the same as that in terms of the structure. And then, um, Cam, in regards to, we understand that this is open to film and television, is there anything, any strands that it is or not or not open to? Because there was quite a lot of discussion around animation and documentary for a time. Has there been any decision made on that? Um, yep. <laughs> Tell us um, about it. So, uh, happy to say that um, the fund is open to both um, factual and animation, mm -hmm. as well as drama. Um, yeah, I'll just take the applause. And <laughs> <laughs> Everyone appreciated that. So, Larry, what portion of the fund will go to development, and when will this be open to applications, and how much can you apply for? Uh, so, so the, the, the precise terms um, of the development fund are still um, being worked through. Um, hopefully, they'll be out very, very soon. Um, there's uh, $2 million um, uh, being allocated to um, the development fund. And, again, we haven't came, we've got a minimum or, or maximum um, limit at, at this point. So... Uh, yeah. What, what, is that all of it? Yeah. And then the other question I was going to ask was, I know that a portion of those development funds were meant to be assigned for Māori cultural aspirations. Is that still um, being able to happen? Yes. Uh, um, I, I think that, that uh, you know, one of the, the primary drivers of the development fund was to allow catch-up um, uh, for um, new and Māori um, uh, producers and production companies to to actually be able to participate in the fund. That's exciting. That's terrific. Yeah. I think it's fair to say we're really keen to get that, as Larry sort of indicated, sort of really nailed quite quickly because, of course, the, the time-bound nature of the fund means we really need to get the development funds out there to give people time to catch up and, and deliver those, um, those props. But we're, um, we'll get it there. We prioritise the production um, guidelines and, and getting agreement um, regarding all the, the settings for that with the ministry. We... we 
wanted to prioritise that in the first instance. So they'll go up on Wednesday and then um, we'll continue with discussions around uh, how the development rolls out. As I mentioned before, we're expecting that some of it may be even drawn on based on the projects that happen to come in that aren't potentially come in and turn out to be not quite ready. Um, but on the other hand, we'll be wanting to announce the availability of those funds in their own right as soon as possible. Um, Cam, we know that co-production is allowed to access the PPF, but if a project is not set up as a co-pro, will the PPF consider projects developed overseas by international producers that partner with a New Zealand producer to access that fund? Or are you anticipating it will mostly be the other way around, when New Zealand producers with New Zealand IP bringing on board offshore co-producers for financing purposes? Um, I think it's fair to say the latter is definitely favoured. Yeah. Absolutely no question. Yeah. Um, look, I, I guess what you're hearing from us on stage is that we're not, we're not looking to limit applications, but we're hoping that there will be a really high bar in terms of quality of, of, of locally generated IP. Mm. And so, you know, I'd suggest that might be the way you go. Understood. We're expecting locally generated IP. I think it's clear <laughs> that it's going to attract international finance. I think there's a lot of people concerned that overseas everyone will go, hold on, there's 50 million over there, how can we work our way into that fund? And, and it's usually really clear when a project is kind of is like that. We want to see New Zealand filmmakers and key creatives creating their ideas, attracting foreign money. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think there is a fear that overseas companies potentially could come and try and gobble up our funds. So I think people <laughs> wanted to know yeah. that um, where, where, the, where the priority is. We're aware of that. Yes, I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm sure people have mentioned it before. Um, so, Annabelle, will there be any restrictions to how many offshore, above-the-line creatives you can have on a project considering often above-the-line attachments are very important for financing? Well... Um in terms of the category around jobs, preference will be given to projects that have a really strong showing of um, New Zealand key creatives and uh, above the line. In terms of cast, lead cast, where, as, as you're in effect referring to, we do expect and even in some ways hope that there will be uh, lead casts that have attracted finance because it's a great combo to have of you know, fantastic international cast standing side by side with New Zealand leads to, you know, platform everybody's career out there. And we're aware that sometimes that's the way to get the money. You're perhaps also referring to situations in series drama where a showrunner might need to have a credit level that's, you know, of a particular level. You know, we know there's uh, some great New Zealanders standing by for that, but there may be other times when a producer wants to suggest that one of the persons is... Um, a major contributor with a major set of credits. We don't want to see, uh, or I'll put what we do want to see, mostly we want to see New Zealanders in those roles, but where um, someone with their set of credits and creativity and past really seriously value adds to ensuring New Zealand key creatives, key creatives get roles, then that's good too. Understood, okay, thank you. And Larry, is there a limit on how many applications producer can make to the PPF? Two. 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 I, I think we've um, uh, said two at any one time. Per round kind of yeah. thing. Okay, got it. Um, and my, my last question, Annabelle, so when can we apply? <laughs> and what's the process from here? What's the timeline? So guidelines up on Wednesday um, and then uh, deadline February 17 mm -hmm. and results by April. There you go. Great. And the development... Hopefully sometime soon, but hasn't been quite nutted out yet. I haven't nutted out the exact date for launching that. Um, but we've got uh, 
I don't dare think of an estimate because there's someone sitting in this audience who's going to have to furiously be writing, <laughs> continuing the guidelines, so I don't want to um, wreck up their workflow right now. Yeah, I'd just say shout out to Annabelle's team, Olivier um, in particular, but, but, but the entire kind of funding team from, from all the agencies, but actually, um, you know, there's been a lot of heavy lifting done. So to be fair, that, that development piece is really, really important to us. Mm -hmm. we, we are wanting to get it up as quick. I mean, it's mm -hmm. obvious it needs to be up as quickly as possible, mm -hmm. but... We just need to do the mahi. Well, on behalf of all of us here and the whole entire industry, a huge thank you to you, Annabelle, and the team at the New Zealand Film Commission, to you, Cam, and the team at New Zealand On Air, and to you, Larry, and the team at Te Mangla Pahu. Um, the mahi that you have done so far is extraordinary, and we're incredibly grateful to have access to this money to be able to continue doing our good work. So thank you. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Boy, you better get writing, hey? February 17. <laughs> thank you all, and thank you, Emma Slade, our moderator. It was really great to hear the detail of that and know what we're in for, what we need to do, and what's available to us. Thank you.